2: And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We got uh, the listeners involved as well, didn't we, Andy? (laughs) <laughs> we did, so I'm laughing oh, yeah. at John holding this long pole yeah. with his phone in my. brought in uh, basically a kind of selfie stick that we now have to socially distance as we bring you the highlight. It's ridiculous. Um, he's still leaning back uh, for some uh, reason. i don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, Matthew Sherry joined us. He's written a fine book on uh, the NFL. It's its hundredth anniversary today. Uh, we also spoke to uh, Bob Bobker and Rupert Bell ahead of the US Open. They were having a, on good form, weren't they?
3: They were. We had a chat. Yes. And uh, did a few bits and pieces. Should we, we just play it? Yeah. Well I might stand here explaining it for hours. Here it all is.
2: Good afternoon
3: everyone. Good afternoon. Andy. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the Premier League's new TV partner in China, Tencent Sport. I hope they're better than two Bob Sport. <laughs> That's oh. the trouble, isn't it? If you've you just <laughs> done a financial deal with a company called Tencent
2: Sport <laughs> yeah. after what's gone on with the last lot. I know, you get paid you'd, you'd ten cents on the dollar when it all goes wrong. You'd be a little bit worried, wouldn't you? <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, very strange. What can you do? Anything
3: else, Andy? You want to talk oh, about? Oh, yes. Emmy uh, Martinez has completed his uh, deal to his move to um, Aston Villa. Yeah, Good yeah. move for Villa. But I was looking at him today. I can't believe he's only 28. He looks at least 40. I thought he was like one of these old keepers. <laughs> well, that's made him feel special. He's got an he old face. 40. Do he's you think got he's got, got an, got an, an face. old face? Look, would you say that's a 28-year-old? I wouldn't. No, our, okay, look, compare I, him to
2: our <clears throat> producer, who's 28. I might have him. I might have him. No, I'd say, yeah.
3: I might, have, I might have him at mid-30s. I think 40 might be pushing it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, Barbados are uh, planning to ditch the Queen as head of state. Wow. Oh. There's Arthur Edwards cancelling his trip to Sandy Lane. Yeah. <laughs> He won't be going there now. That's that's done. It's interesting. It talked about uh, major sports fear turnstiles will remain mostly closed until November as the yeah. government battles to avoid a second wave. And the problem with this is, what is going to be different in November to, the, to now? Well, it could be worse, couldn't it? Well, it could be worse, exactly. But it's not going to be better, mm. is it? No. And you can see the problems when you see that the social club, a social club rather, in the Rhonda Valley, South Wales, ran a coach trip to Doncaster Races last week where a small crowd was allowed as a trial. Yeah, I remember that. You remember that yeah. happening, yeah. The race stopped off at pubs on the way home and a number have now fallen ill afterwards and tested positive for COVID-19. So there's your problem. You're just on a small trip to racing, you can see what happened there. Yeah, so, yeah, not good. Not ideal at all. And uh, what can you do, really. That was an interesting uh, story about uh, the female football pundit who Sparked a sexism row by calling Fulham manager Scott Parker a total fox. Did well, you I this? mean, there's no I'm more sure than I've said on this Not show. A bit on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a visual gag, Andy, doing visual gags on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> just basically, all Andy spoke out the corner of his mouth. But uh, much like um, Scott does. I it, mean, it raises an interesting yeah. point. I mean, uh, a fan on Twitter said, if Alan Shearer had commented on how fit fe- a woman football was, yeah. he'd have feminists storming the match of the day studio calling for his head. And there has been this double standard for a long time now. Where right? yeah. I've noticed that female pundits are, can say, "Oh, he looks great, he's lovely, and he? he's fit, and all this." Yeah. And of course, you could never do that. And I just think it's—I don't think anybody should do it, men, man or women. No. So it's an interesting one to see if that all, sort of, you know, that was an interesting uh, thing that it story happened. I saw earlier yeah. today. Uh, I don't know if you
2: saw this. This made the papers. The disgusting stench has hit thousands of homes across the West Midlands, oh, and really? actually, it's spread now across the country. And they try—they are somebody to describe the smell. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you're having your lunch, but it was described as a mixture of sewage, manure, cheese and vomit. And I thought, <laughs> I thought I got a whiff of it during the Spurs-Everton game. <laughs> I could. That's the, That was the smell I had in my nostrils. So
3: obviously it's spreading all over the country. It's interesting with Spurs, though. If, if the Bale and the Regulon deals come off, which they look like they are... You would have signed four players. I mean, it's no different, really, to Chelsea. assigned five players, but you could eager, absolutely make a case to say that Bale will be a lot more effective in the Premier League this year than, say, Kai Havertz, who's never played here. I know it's short term, yeah, but you um, know, I mean, but over the next season, you'd say, well, actually, you know, we don't know about, we don't know how Bale's going to be, do we? Yeah, he's pretty proven quality, though. And uh, <laughs> a brilliant headline explained this morning. in the, That's when a tabloid newspaper feels that the readers won't get it. Yeah. So uh, the head was to do with uh, the fact that Alex Scott is the favourite to take over from Sue Barker on Question of Sport. And the headline is, Scott happens next. Pretty good, I think. Yeah, not bad. Um, but, of course, she'd be the fourth presenter in the 50-year history of the show. <clears throat> Famous for its What Happened Next route. Yes, we know you don't have to explain it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. Give people a bit of credit. Yes, I think that's, that's fair enough
2: um, we got drive-in boxing I don't know if Spencer Oliver was talking about that earlier on We may, we may find out mm. a bit more about it But drive-in boxing will be really odd they? See, It's up in Sheffield uh, it's, it's this week uh, no, it November anything. the 20th it's going to be
3: I can't think of We might as well stay home and watch it on telly What's the <coughs> point? Drive-in panto <laughs> Is there anything that doesn't lend
2: itself? I mean, driving Panto, yeah, the kids, kids are going to have to shut out the window. He's behind you. It's in
3: the back seat. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, he is not behind work, you. Is it? yeah. It's
2: only a two seater. It's a smart car. So that doesn't work. That doesn't work
3: at all. It's a sports car. <laughs> so is there
2: anything in sport or in entertainment that doesn't lend itself to being um, a drive in uh, yeah. version? And we'll put that to the listeners. Anything that wouldn't work? Because they're trying most things at the moment. I mean, look, I don't, I don't blame them. They're desperate. Mm. They're desperate to get things on understandably and we've heard from a number of comedians what it's like just looking at your own reflection in car windows and and sets of beams in your eyes so do let us know talksport.com to net text 81089 tweet t- uh, no it's no talksport.com I do apologize just <laughs> went to .net .org uh, d- dot, so I've had a very harassed um, for, for people in the technical industry uh, basically technical the, monitor, industry. <laughs> the, 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 the monitor Burley button was on the desk which is why ah, my headphones well, weren't working you know, I know there'll be some technical people out d- thinking why were the headphones not working dis- Craig Burley wouldn't be happy about it was it was like Formula One <laughs> so just while you were talking away and doing all your stories yeah. the producer was crawling around the I floor I got the usual
3: reaction I got from you it makes no difference he whether was, you're listening or not really. was,
2: Well, I was listening to you but I was obviously slightly well, distracted by all the F1 can I, stuff Can going I just on.
3: give you this quote from Owen Morgan it's a fantastic quote Yeah He says is after the game last after night after the game last night he said fantastic game man. Oh, brilliant game wonderful we're going to talk about a wonderful summer of cricket the standards has been so high I've really enjoyed mm. it but it says Owen said uh, we were still in the game until the last over you don't say yeah <laughs> brilliant is that when you put <laughs> <laughs> Adil Rashid back on and shouldn't
2: have
3: done, yeah. <laughs> I did say that. I'm not being wise after you, no. but I sent, as soon as I saw he's doing I sent you a text saying, what is he doing? He can't do this. Yeah. First ball six, the game was over. And
1: that was it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
2: Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. The US Open is underway. Yeah, it should be exciting. And uh, we're delighted to say we're, not, we're, bo-
3: we're joined by Bob Bubka, and Rupert Bell, the odd couple. They're not used to being socially distanced. They're normally in a little caravan they together. They are. They like
2: they just, Spooning.
3: They do. They, they
2: love the fact they can spoon on these little trips. They're both absolutely gutted, I'm sure. But who's who's the most upset? Let's find out. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, it's a guys, huge relief. Uh... Yeah, it's a huge relief, you say, <laughs> yeah, Rupert. Uh, Rupert. That's a bit harsh. You love Bob's company when you're with him.
4: Um, It's just... I love when he's eating muffins and our, our <laughs> evening entertainments. It's all just what 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 I became a sports journalist for was to spend my time with Bob Butker. But sadly, I won't be able to see him um, oh. do what he does so brilliantly, and I I am missing him. I oh, really am. It's a shame.
5: You missing well, him? Well, he didn't miss me that he didn't miss me that morning. We were staying in the caravan, and a little windy and. He, we put him on a waterbed. He woke up first time in his life. He was ever seasick from going to sleep. So.
2: <laughs> I thought you meant Rupert was a little windy uh, yeah,
5: that's well that's even in a caravan
2: that's even worse that's not good really well, guys, I'll tell you well, let's start off um who do you see winning this thing this week uh, Bob tell us who uh, who do you think will win it, and why
5: well you know I'd really be surprised if anybody but Dustin Johnson. Uh, does go on to win, but you know it's never easy. I mean, he's the world's number one player. Uh, he he is just so good right now, uh, and he just won fifteen million dollars a couple of weeks ago. He has his brother Austin caddying for him. Uh, he made Austin made about one point four million, which reminds me back in nineteen seventy four, guys at Wingford Uh, Hale Irwin wins the championship. He had used a local high school caddy, 16-year-old kid, uh, and after they got finished and Hale got his trophy, Hale invited uh, the kid, his caddy, into the locker room. He says, come inside. I want to take care of you for a great week's work. And he reached and had his hand on a dozen golf balls and then said, boy, you did a real good job. Here, here's two dozen. So that, that's the way it was back in '74. Well, wow, yeah, a bit different. It's amazing. And,
2: and Rupert, uh, who do you favour? Don't say John uh, Ram. I've had money on him.
4: Uh, no, I don't. I, I'm not going to go. And I don't think Dustin Johnson will win. I think he'll run out of puff. Um, he's been brilliant and I'm not going to disagree uh, on his form. But at the moment, I just think uh, it may not be his week. I'm in the Xander Shoffley camp. Mm-hmm. I also think Tyrell Hatton, and it's not a hindsight here. Uh, he has just birded the first two holes, the Englishman. But I do think the week he's playing very, he's comfortable in America now. And if he can mentally keep it together, I think he's in the mix as well. But uh, I'm going to disagree with uh, Bob and say Dustin Johnson is not winning this thing.
3: These majors are a long day for both of you, aren't they? They start off very early in the morning here. Uh, sorry, lunchtime here, morning your time. And Dustin Johnson, for example, doesn't go out till 6.15 tonight. So it's, it's a long day, isn't it, this?
5: Yeah, you know, you uh, it bring is. up a good point. Hmm. You bring up a great point there, Andy, because it's something you have to get used to. Uh, and then just the fast forward... To Sunday, if you're in the lead, uh, you're not going to tee off until 3 o'clock local time. You're going to have trouble sleeping Saturday night. You're leading a U.S. Open. So you're going to wake up early Sunday morning. Uh, if you're lucky, it'll be 5 or 6 in the morning. But then you got to wait till 3 in the afternoon to tee off. And it really takes a lot of getting used to. Good start, though, by Terrell Hatton. As uh, Rupert just mentioned, when you birdie your first two holes here at Wingfoot, uh, you're doing well. Jordan Spieth, who's been in a quagmire for uh, who knows how long. Uh, three-putt bogey on his first hole. Not the start he was looking for.
2: Yeah. Rupert, we had a chat with Kenneth Ferry yesterday because it's wing foot and we had memories of 2006 when he, he was on the leaderboard at one point. And uh, we were talking about Rory. I see Rory's uh, gone out and has made a fairly decent start after the first. Um, but there was this story, this idea of... Um, the nappy factor that being a new dad was gonna help him. Yep. Yeah, we were saying that Paul McGinley feels Rory's better when he's got something to prove. He's better when he's not particularly relaxed and laid back and you know, he thinks he thinks he needs he needs that edge.
4: I, I at the moment think Rory is struggling with the lack of crowds, and that is really affected his game, and that he needs the the buzz and the excitement and can feed off them. And if you look at the way he has played recently, it's just not as good as um you, you would expect of him but yes a great tee shot I was beginning at the 10th the par three i uh, got it to about eight feet and hold the birdie putt so a good start where and he has talked about he needs a good start to feel the momentum and to motivate himself into it and that's and he is clearly a player who's not enjoyed the new normal at the moment and um, he needs this is a big chance for him. i can't believe it's six years since he last won a major
3: Bob, yeah. a lot of these tournaments are I mean, not necessarily the majors, but the sort of regular week tournaments are birdie fests, aren't they? But this one isn't going to be, and a lot of people like that because it, they like to see the golfers struggling.
5: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, uh, this is not <laughs> going to be – it's a far cry from a birdie fest. Matter of fact, if you took a survey, uh, guys, of the pros that played in the practice rounds, uh, there wasn't one – that wouldn't sign a scorecard for maybe four or five over par for the week, not even play, and and really like his chances of winning. That's how how tough this place can be. And, of course, uh, tomorrow, uh, temperatures are going to be down around 10, 15 degrees, not going to be much above 50. Expect a little wind 10 to 12 miles an hour. uh, When you factor that in with, you know, the difficulty of wing foot, uh, just for – Golf lovers everywhere, it's mostly regarded the three toughest golf courses in the world are where they're playing this week, Wingfoot, Oakmont, which is just outside of Pittsburgh, and Carnoustie. Those three uh, win hands down as the the three most difficult tests in golf. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. for 20% off your first system. A lot
0: can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
2: TV formats. Oh for yeah, Genghis Under. Genghis Under. Um, we thought, <laughs> if he wants to come over and fancies doing a bit of telly, yeah, while he's here, yeah, we sh- we should maybe come up with. Um, We've got his rug- rugby league show
3: up and under.
2: I thought up and under. I was wondering whether <laughs> it would uh, it, that would be his thing about hot air ballooning. Uh, yeah. Have we got anything else? Yeah. Six, so I tell you what, I didn't. I thought this would be quite a clever <clears throat> title for a show. Six feet under. Yeah but it's, a, it's his History of the Isle of Man.
3: <laughs> very good. Hi,
2: I'm Genghis Unger. Join me. It's, it's TT week. What and about his, into the, into the what titles. About his
3: documentary on the career of Bud Flanagan, Underneath the Arches? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely going to make a show like that.
2: He's, uh, 23-year-old Turkish kid has definitely heard of Flanagan and Allen, of, of course he has. He has. So, uh, have you got any TV formats for Genghis <laughs> under uh, Leicester's prospective new player? Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ sometime talk today that um, Leicester are showing an interest in James Tarkovsky of uh,
3: of um, Burnley. They're obviously so... looking to do quite a bit of business because mm. they're also looking at uh, the centre Etienne defender, Wesley Fafana. For Fana's sake. F-
2: <laughs> F- <laughs> F- 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 Fana. Uh yeah. Things that don't lend themselves to the drive-in format. We've got drive-in boxing coming up in Sheffield uh, in... in uh, in November, uh, and we have also got um, drive-in pantomime uh, this Christmas, which is a bleak Ridiculous. thought, isn't it? Really so bleak. <laughs> Andy and Lester, see drive-in touring cars. I suppose you could sit in your car and watch other cars go round and round in circles. That might work actually. Really, whatever you could do, couldn't you? I suppose really? you could so, yeah. rev your engine, try and feel part of the action. There'd be some obvious problems with driving hammer and javelin, says Pete, <laughs> the Liverpool fan. That's true and obviously driving golf mm. the US Open people are at the edges of the of the, of the fairways mm. in their cars watching. imagine the amount of dents <laughs> oh, especially at wing foot. Bring foot uh, that's right imagine it, it's your own risk <laughs> wouldn't you you go and watch golf go and watch all. golf in your car so instead of shouting get in the hole you go ah, just as uh, Tiger
1: goes to hit it that wouldn't be good the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport
2: if Tottenham play even though they're putting they're, they're leaving a few players back in London and not everybody's travelling, but mm. Kane will play, and they will be a strong side. There'll mm. be plenty of internationals in there. Could be that Joe Hart's in goal. If you want to tell yeah, it anyone, I mean, it's an
3: important game for Spurs. Just aim yes. low
2: to his yeah. left. Not, yeah. That. <laughs> he let a goal yeah. in in pre-season, old Joe. Low to his left, but blimey, he's not improved on that side. But anyway, uh, they should win Tottenham, shouldn't they? Really, uh, if you look at the quality of the two teams, one leg, yeah, uh, one leg game or not.
5: Of course, on paper, uh, Spurs are massive favourites. Uh, but as I already said, this could be the game of the century for uh, Lokomotiv. And uh, since the draw was made, uh, everybody at Lokomotiv has been talking and thinking about this game. Uh, so they are really pumped up. Uh, there is a lot of hype surrounding this game. And uh, the owner, uh, the club owner of locomotive uh, He he has promised a lot of bottles of champagne to be opened in case of a win tonight.
2: Good stuff, Matoni. Good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Of course, my pleasure. Thank you, Matoni yeah. Shumanov There,
3: Bulgarian he didn't football journalist. Bulgarian champagne. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with Bulgarian Nothing. champagne? The coach then? says they'll be taking care of Harry Kane. I think he's talking Krapovich. Yeah. <laughs> a
2: Krappovich.
3: What a name! Yeah. <laughs> His name. We're not doing TV formats <laughs> for him.
2: Um, Andy, you said you've had sort of radio silence from your club, from Chelsea, around
3: getting crowds back and season tickets. Yes, they sea. haven't told me. I, I keep going on the website. Are, to they, see... are they taking you off the mailing list? <laughs> no. Uh, there's no information you go into the official site there's no information about tickets I don't think they're ever planning inviting anybody back I suppose they realise it's unlikely to happen
2: I got an email from the club yesterday as a season ticket holder and um, they said thank you for your continued patience they're now starting to think about getting fans back Mm. into the ground um they're looking for id validation so many people buy season tickets and you yeah. know, two or three tickets could be in one name and they have been for sort of for generations often but you know they've got to have to put a name on it now they need yeah, to know sure. who's coming on those tickets so they're asking for for id for for driver's licenses or or um or valid passports as id so you put your name on each of your uh, season tickets so they're starting to think about coming back yeah so let's um, let's hope we'll see from the pavilion
3: end ID validation
1: ID what a player he was the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast
2: from TalkSport
3: Hawksby and Jacobs
2: here on TalkSport we talk uh, the NFL now their 100th birthday uh, today and to mark it Matthew Sherry has written uh, any given Sunday the NFL's epic 100 year history in 20 games good afternoon Matthew
6: Hi, how are you guys? Yeah, we're good, good, thank you.
3: Have a good look at this book, it's a nice book actually, because it's a brilliant history this sport, it has a a deep and rich history.
6: Yeah, it is, I mean, an an insane history really when you think about what was happening 100 years ago today, which is that a few guys in a car dealership in rural Ohio kind of put the blueprint together for what would become, I guess, one of the biggest sports leagues in the world, so... Yeah, very rich history. I would say, incredibly rocky at the start of that journey. But yeah, to to see what it's become from what it was a hundred years ago today is is a mind blown story.
2: And rather than telling it just chronologically, you've you've you feel that you know it, it's shaped by its great games, and and that's the approach you've taken.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, you know, you could write. I mean, this is one hundred and forty thousand words. You could write millions of words on on a hundred years. So. Yeah I wanted to try and do it in a in in a slightly different way but a way that <clears> I, I think if you bring those 20 chapters together it still gives you a full history of the last 100 years and and has the the key things in there but I thought that you know the great games was a was a really nice entry point into telling the wider stories in each chapter
3: I often wondered why Canton, Ohio was the uh, home of the Hall of Fame. And, of course, you explain it in the book.
6: It's the origins of the league, as you've
3: just said. I enjoyed reading about some of the great characters like Vince Lombardi, the sort of archetypal coach. All these people that you write about are, are real legends, aren't they?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lombardi's obviously the, the biggest icon. When when the Super Bowl's won every year, they lift the Lombardi trophy. Mm-hmm. So he is that, that legendary figure. And I guess, you know, the the face of uh, what I think is probably the most remarkable sports franchise of all, which is the Green Bay Packers. You know, as people are, who read the book will find out, they're, they're unique in American sports in the, in the fact that they're owned fully by the by the fans. And that's a model that's actually outlawed now in the NFL. But the Packers remain as, as an exception. So, yeah, I think of all the things that I enjoyed learning more about in, in researching this book, you know, the, the Packers and, and Lombardi are, are right up there
2: you had access to the uh, the NFL film archives and uh, as we know in 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 soccer if you like in, in this context some of the archives are a bit sketchy you know we'll get cup finals and certain games but what's the archive like what's the NFL archive like is it pretty comprehensive it's incredible.
6: yeah it's it's i mean it's groundbreaking it's mm. it's so far ahead of anything that we know of in this country i mean basically what you're starting to see now is with these kind of americanized dramas in in sport over here you know the all or nothing series it is basically nfl films blazed that trail decades ago you know then they're mic'd up a head coach on the sidelines in in the in the late 60s early 1970s you know that's how far ahead they are you you imagine now the idea of a a coach being mic'd up in a champions league final it's something that would 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 never happen but nfl films have kind of had that behind the scenes access right from the beginning they, they were kind of formed in in the 60s and yeah the archives are incredible and, and i would say that the time spent at nfl films was was among the most fun that i've had in, in anything i've been involved in with nfl to be honest
3: yeah, Paul's right, because if you think about players like George Best, there's actually no footage, very little, or it's all the same sort of stuff. But here, you can go back and look at Red Grange from all those years ago, and there's black-and-white footage of him and uh, and people like Jim Thorpe. It's, it's quite amazing. There's a whole series, isn't it, the top 100 greatest players, and some of the black-and-white footage is amazing.
6: Yeah, it is. And, and <clears throat> the NFL, you know, the Hall of Fame as well, which is another place I had the, the pleasure of visiting and putting this book together... Have done a great job of, of collecting a lot of the the older stuff, so so the archives are are as I say much more comprehensive than we see here. Um, I mean, you know, NFL films themselves were a trailblazer in terms of things like instant replay. <clears throat> um, you know, they, they kind of mixed that Hollywood storytelling ethos with sport, and and yeah, I mean, it's something that it's it's exciting to see actually that it's starting to be done more. In in kind of our traditional sports over here, because I think the the programming that's put together is is unmatched.
2: It's a game currently facing a lot of issues, though, isn't it, Matthew? I mean, a bit beyond trying to run a whole season uh, with the virus uh, rampant in the country, you've got its relationship with racism um, and, and Kaepernick. You've got CTE, the head injuries. You've got players leaving the game early. Mm. Uh, it, it's you know it does have a lot of issues.
6: Yeah it does and and I've I've tried to address all of those in the book. Um I mean I think one of the worries I have with the book actually in terms of we, we discussed the way it's written is is I think, I think some people might read the first 10 11 chapters and think oh well he hasn't really addressed race in the NFL but people will find that there's a there's a chapter in there on Doug Williams becoming the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl that is that is essentially a full chapter on that subject and you know race in the NFL and, and issues around that is not a new phenomenon it's something that it it certainly hasn't got there yet in terms of in terms of offering full representation. You know, the, the, we we think seen things like the Rooney Rule and and a lack of um, ethnic minority head coaches something that they're still trying to work on now. Where they, they passed um, new kind of laws to expand the Rooney Rule earlier this year. So yeah, that whole piece and and kind of the history of activism in the NFL is is part of the book, but but an ongoing issue. And then you know concussions. Looms large all the time. And and in the epilogue to the book, I I kind of wrote about the history of concussions because I I felt that its place there was because ultimately that is, if we're looking at the future of the NFL and what does the next hundred years look like, concussions is really high on the list in terms of solving that issue and and CTE um, as a challenge over the next few decades.
3: Yeah, I was at that Super Bowl, Doug Williams, it was amazing. And uh, the other thing you do is you write about George Hallis, and it strikes me, having just watched the film 42, about uh, Jackie Robinson and Branch Rickey, the owner there, it's amazing that in those days, the owners of these franchises were big, big figures. They're now kind of more corporate, aren't they? They're more rich men and corporations. But these were real characters like George Hallis.
6: Yeah, I mean, Hallis is, you know, on, on today, the one that I think about the most because he was there literally in that meeting 100 years ago today for the formation of the league. He was there because he was a great athlete at the time. You know, he was, he was a young man then who played baseball and set up essentially a, a football team for a company that would become the Chicago Bears, where he would be a player in the early years, the coach. It was kind of player coaches in those days. A coach for many decades, he's still right up there in terms of all-time wins as an NFL head coach. And also the owner, and up until the 80s was really the face of the NFL, the most powerful owner. And and really, I would say, if you were were picking out one man who was absolutely responsible for the NFL in its early years, surviving, which was an ongoing struggle for many decades, and then ultimately thriving, a, a huge amount of the credit for that would go to George Hallis, who founded one of only two teams who were right there for the first ever week of the NFL and and are still there today, albeit under a different name. Good stuff.
2: Well, look, we wish you well with the book, uh, Matthew. All the best uh, and uh, thanks for joining us.
6: Yeah, thanks very much.
2: Matthew Sherry's book, Any Given Sunday, the NFL's epic 100-year history in Mm. 20 games, is uh, published now in hardback by uh, Weidenfeld and Nicholson. And uh, yeah, it's a good book, isn't it, Andy? Good very good. And press, great, lovely great illustrations yeah. in there. Good so, have you, had, have you had access to the NFL <clears archive? <clears <throat> no, I haven't. But uh, oh, you know it's at United. Oh, United. You've heard it's good. It's, well, really it's very on,
3: good. To be honest, it's all on YouTube. You put in the, the names of these players, and you can see it. Even Wrongway Regals, the producer's favourite yeah. American football player, favourite sports. The one. bloke who scored at the wrong end, wasn't yeah. he? he? He was in college. He it
2: wasn't NFL, but he still got he, he changed ends. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> the Hawksby and
3: Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. In the meantime, Andy, is there anything else you yeah, want to there say? was an odd piece by Neil Custis on this morning on uh, Mason Greenwood. Did you see this? Yes, yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, we'll be ta- I agree with him. He said, in 10 years' time, we'll be talking about Mason Greenwood as one of the greatest English forwards ever. He really does look a tremendous two footed prospect. Mm. But he says, and he's saying this don't believe the nonsense some will spell. I'm part of some covert operation to build the player up so he may be not doubt where did he get that from who would say that i don't know I'm obviously sure. people must have said it on social media but I, you know I, yeah I, I don't think
2: that's the case you know he's having you know he, there is a bit of penance being mm-hmm. played paid by all accounts isn't there by the hierarchy at manchester United? Oh, I they want him to realize deservedly that, you know yeah. it was an
3: idiotic behavior but that's you know so he's uh,
2: had a bit of a dressing down by yeah. all accounts and but he has apologized but he won't and, be the first player
3: to have, you know transgress no. when he was a kid and I, of, course. It, you know, of course, you know these things. These things happen. Um, now we used to have this thing called the mural at uh, Dover, where we 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 display. Th- uh, people and things on it, just to warn people coming from other countries about things yeah. that you might encounter here at Britain. Mm. And uh, it came back to me this morning when I uh, read about this woman, uh, Caitlin Jones. Oh who yeah. Missed Greg so much during lockdown, she marked the bakery by having their logo tattooed on her backside. Right. Uh, she was so happy to be reunited with a regular sausage roll, she celebrated the occasion for posterity. And she has, it says always fresh, always tasty, it's like the logo, you think She's ridiculous. She's got
2: the logo tattooed on her backside. Why would you do that? Right, uh, a okay. tattoo's forever, you know. What did a Greg spokesperson say about it? Did they have anything to say? Were they delighted?
3: Uh, well, I suppose she, no, not really. They didn't really comment. Isn't I it a know. kind of health and safety issue if you've got Greg's on your backside? I don't know, I mean, it would not be great. <laughs> she said, I'm obsessed with Greg's, you don't say. Yeah. I've always loved their sausage rolls and I used to get one nearly every day. I was yeah. absolutely gutted when they closed for <laughs> lockdown. It was always make your own, I suppose. Uh, I was more bothered about Greg's being shut than the pubs. Wow. So when uh, they reopened, I'd, and the tattoo tattoo parlors reopened, I thought I'd get some. I uh, get one, not some.
2: There you go. <laughs> Which is why you're not reading the news. I don't know if you saw that bit of footage over there, and it was uh, it was uh, destined for another one of these um, yeah. mad moments in sport compilations. It took place at an event I know you're a big fan of, the Balkan Under 20s Men Athletics Championship in Istanbul. <laughs> it's my favourite, and yeah. I know you don't miss if you can if you can possibly help it. If neighbours isn't on at the same time, but as the hundred meter runners reach the line. Just as they dipped for the line, a cat ran across the track. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, it did well not to be trampled on. Was it in on, the but, photo finish? Uh, yes, yeah, it was. I mean, you, basically, the cat runs across something. They, they they just keep going. I don't think they can quite take it in. But the cat does some tremendous footwork. Has <laughs> it? Really great like dodging. A
3: gray, greyhound race. <laughs> <laughs> really great dodging not to get trodden on. This is it that greyhound <laughs> clip again from yesterday. spectacular. But, <laughs> uh, for the sake of it. <laughs> it's Obviously, yeah, it's quite easy to get into the stadium where they have the Balkan under-20s men's athletics championship. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the historic East London Baker. Rinkoffs. So shall I have that tattooed on my bum? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure. I'm delighted. If rinkoffs. I did. Okay, they, they, they might, might do honestly, some, I think the letters to tabloid newspapers are getting worse and yeah. worse. There was one this morning. It's so absolutely insane. There's no what, what, logic to what, this at all. Why, why did you think the bar was that high to start with? <laughs> well, it, it used to be high,
2: I would not yeah, say. It's, not, it's not, you're not letters of note, is it? I can't see many of them making the book. <laughs> oh, God,
3: it's unbelievable. Yeah, Angus Darwin, who doesn't seem to have evolved much over the years. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a tap-in, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. He said, I'm pleased Gary Lineker took a pay cut, but he's still getting £1.3 million a year from the BBC. Yeah. It's time you sort of us poor OAP's Gary and then your salary to reducing the TV license fee for the over 75s. So basically, you're suggesting. His whole salary. Yes, <laughs>
2: that Gary, Gary comes should, into
3: work. Gary should. 38 s- weeks a season for no recompense at all. Gary should sleep rough. <laughs>
4: he does match, of
3: the, does match of the day for nothing.
2: Honestly. And then that's, that, that, would be, that would be difficult. Just there. really, really difficult really do.
3: Him, yeah give up,
2: don't you, yeah. honestly. I've, do you want to pronounce yeah, it? I, yeah. I, I should let the listeners know this. Uh, mm. Our old friend Ian Dark, football commentator, he had a word with uh, uh, Hakim Ziyech yeah. and found out that he's not Hakim Ziyech. Oh, yes, He's, no, uh, right. he's Hakim Ziyech. Ziyech. Yeah, confirmed by the player, says Ian. Um, So when he does finally start playing, he is Hakim
3: Ziyech. That was a blow, actually, to Chelsea, to Lampard, because like Werner, he'd been training with the club for about mm, a couple of months, I'd say, and was ready. And uh, he got injured, and of course, I think he would have played on Monday. But what can you do? These things, everybody has to deal with these, every club. This one, though, this letter, while I'm on the subject, honestly, this is one's in the Ike territory territory, this one. Everything's been going wrong, Brexit, global warming, Covid and the economy, since Pluto was degraded from its planet status by so-called experts. Wow. We need nine planets orbiting the sun to give harmony in the solar system. Is this to the star? Daily star! Is <laughs> it? <laughs> it's just to the star. It's incredible, isn't it?
2: How many astro- just the papers <laughs> favoured by astrologers everywhere? <laughs> uh, astronomers everywhere, should I, I say? And I know
3: you'll be surprised, we're all desperate for a vaccination for Covid so we can go back to football. Yeah. Uh, but of course they've jumped the gun in Russia and uh, unsurprisingly one in seven volunteers have had side effects no really really, <laughs> you don't test it out um, but I'm fascinated by the fact that President Putin said that he'd given one of his two daughters the do- what about the other one you think sort of either they well, both if it's going to be a test you're going
2: to see <laughs> yeah, what happens I aren't you
3: so, yeah.
1: Yeah. that's true that's good point the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport there we are
2: that was this afternoon's show we're back tomorrow for one John Barnes Glenn Hoddle Andy Zortzman clips of the week all that it's good. Yeah. You coming along? You're going to turn I'll up? I'll pop in. Yeah. No, he'll pop in. He'll pop in. In body, if not in mind. Um, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys
1: every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talk Sport
0: it.